It says this in Scripture. And they took their palms and slapped Jesus in the face saying, you're the man who claims to be a prophet. Tell us now who hit you, O prophetic one. Now, how do these go to these in the face? And the answer is, Jesus refused to be their utility. Now, what do we mean by utility? Let's explain that. You see, everybody would want the Son of God to go be on Capitol Hill instead of what we got, and you don't have to amen it. Maybe they said, maybe you could be the 30th member of the Democratic Party. We want to elect this president, or at least run in the primaries. You see what I'm saying? They wanted him to be on the docket for political rule because they had no doubt it would be better than what they were going to get, right? It's not hard. I mean, who in any age beats Jesus as the political leader? But it's why they wanted him, you see. All of us want him to be our whatever. Do you know how many times in uh, 42 years of ministry... I sat and listened to conversation that if Almighty God, namely the Lord Jesus is Almighty God, could do anything, and he didn't do this, he allowed this, and I'm not following him because he owed me. And yet the Bible says just the opposite today. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that every one of us, like sheep, went astray. We turned to our own way, and the punishment that should have been ours for our rebellion fell upon him. Look, he was pierced for our transgressions, and we are healed by his wounds. And yet we were sure if we could just get Jesus to do what we feel we wanted him to do, then all would be one. You know, it's a scary thing if I could make God do anything that Ron Smith wanted God to do. I want to suggest you wouldn't want that God. And I'm not sure I want a God that does anything any old person with a palm branch could throw in the ground and make him do. He refused to be our utility, and so these branches turn to this within a week. Tell us now, if you think you're bigger than we are, tell us now who hit you. You know, the next time you see the palms, they're stretched out on an old rugged cross nailed to a tree. The bumper sticker said it this way. I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? This much, he said. And he died. My grandmother, I think this was in the Middle Ages, or could, could have been, some of you never will have read history this, this far back. She uh, was 
uh, the owner, along with my grandfather, of a, of a mega farm, you know, not hundreds, but thousands of acres. And, uh, and so they did a lot what self, uh, now, now what, what I want to say, what, what's the word? Uh, you know, these, uh, the farms that were supported by themselves, they had 11 kids to work the farm. That's what it was. So, you know, you got to be impressed by a grandmom like that, not only to work hard on the farm, but to give birth to 11 kids, uh, 12, actually, one of them was killed coming home from the military, and, uh, and so the other 11 worked the farm. And they canned everything and put up all their food. And my grandmother used to give me these uh, canned peaches. New Jerseyans ought to be able to get this story, right? I mean, and they were so good. Man, you would come to the potluck dinner if I could give you three of those jars of peaches and just give the, by the way though, it's still going to be pretty good. I got a ham slow cooking in there, an 11 pounder. Mrs. Smith already made the macaroni and cheese and a chocolate cake. If you nobody comes, I'm going to have so much fun tonight. <laughs> all by myself at the potluck dinner. But we're going to have all kinds of Mullica Hill's best there at that potluck dinner. Don't miss it. And I'll tell you what. Even if you don't have a kid, come up early enough to watch the kids hunt the Easter eggs and cheer them on because that's going to be a grand time. Now, my grandmother, I just wanted some of those good peaches she'd always give me, but she said, Ron, I'll go get them, but don't you go down there. Those shelves are so rickety. I've been after your grandfather, you know, to put a brace on those shelves. You'll pull them over and everything, but guess what? I think I was maybe eight years old. And uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. I went down, climbed the rickety shelf, pulled the peaches over, the whole canned crop of them sitting in jars. All you could hear was jars breaking everywhere. Man, I was standing ankle deep in peach juice. And my grandfather came down, and we just called him Pap Smith, short for grandpap. He just looked at me, guilty as sin. I'm telling you, where do you go when you're guilty as sin? Standing in the middle of the peaches. And he, he looks, and he just went like this. Mm. Man. I've been afraid when I get to heaven, God's going to look at me and go, mm. <laughs> I mean, that's a fear of hell in me, right? In my soul. One big, mm. my whole life's been an, mm. guilty as anything. So as an eight-year-old, after my grandfather gave me that kind of response, I, uh, I ran up in this big hedgerow by the farm. And I got in that hedgerow and I started crying. And one reason why I started crying is I wanted to ride with my grandfather. He had this big old vintage international harvester tractor. And he would let me climb up on that thing. That was like climbing a tree to get up there. It was such a big tractor. And I loved sitting up there with him. And he was going to ride on into the harvest fields and let me ride with him. 
but I'd messed it all up, you see. All I know is I was a screw-up crying in a hedgerow. And I heard the tractor fire up and my, my grandfather came uh, down the corn row and he saw his eight-year-old grandson guilty, disobedient, weeping. And you know what he did? He stood up on the tractor and he got his arm stretched out and he, he started doing the old windmill gesture. You know? and, and I dared to believe that he was gesturing to me. And I ran forward and he helped me up on that big tractor seat and off we went into the fields of harvest. Jesus Christ refused to be plan one, a person's utility. The book of Philippians said, even, even in spite of what Isaiah said, that, that judgment, he took our judgment upon him. How much judgment is that if he took all of your judgment alone, all of the things just that you've done? How much judgment is that that he's facing? And multiply that times all of our judgment here. And then multiply it times three. All of the judgment of all of the people who will worship at Trinity today. And then multiply it times all of the churches in the county. And all of the churches in the state. And in the United States. And around the world. And in every generation. The guilt of every person. Standing ankle deep in broken jars of peaches because we violated the commands of God. Enough to send us as the scattered sheep in the pasture of God, weeping into every hedgerow of life. And the Bible says that Jesus, as Almighty God, in the passage of Philippians chapter 2, did not regard his equality with God a thing to hold on to. But rather, he emptied himself. The Greek word is kenosis, self-emptying. He laid it down and poured it out. And the Bible says, and being found in the appearance of a person, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. You see, all of the lashes was Jesus' humility to take our punishment. The thorns upon his head. All of Holy Week. This is the gateway to Holy Week. All of the sacred events of the church in Holy Week. Jesus took into himself and he bled and died. And so in weeks like this we sing, so I'll cherish the old rugged cloth. I'll cling to the old rugged cross. And I'll lay all my trophies down. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. 
even death on the cross. And yet, in spite of taking all that judgment upon himself, while he was on that old rugged cross, he stretched out his arms. And in windmill fashion, with the nail in his hands, says, whosoever will may come. Come unto me. All of the ones who are labor, full of labor and are heavy laden, you come. Truly I say to you, the one that comes to me, I'll never turn away. You see, he could never be our utility with the palms. He could only be our totality. Because to sit on a throne in a generation, in time and space, he was limited to that group of people. But the Bible said Christ died once for all. And that since sin came into the world through one man named Adam, now salvation could come through one who was called the second Adam the final Adam, the perfect Adam. And Jesus undid all of the curse of Adam's fallen race. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. I, I remember this little story. And it, my brother Doug and I were, were in the story. And uh, so I don't remember making this plan, so I'm blaming it on Doug. <laughs> if you visit Sharptown, you be sure you tell him that I blamed it on him too, will you? He's preaching now, bless his heart, he got me in trouble this day, but my mom was making a dinner for family and friends, and she had this big old ham in the, there, and she told us what time she was going to turn it off because she said to the whole family, she said, now don't let me forget, I'm turning that off at this time. And then she was just going to let it rest, which meant just sitting in the pot on a board, you know, where it wouldn't burn the counter or anything. So Doug and I put the board in the, in the pantry, which was a room back behind the kitchen. And we took that pot out, and it, it, it looked like uh, another pot that was in there. It looked identical. It had an identical twin in the pantry. And so... Uh, Either Doug or me, and I'm blaming it on Doug, got this old rubber chicken, <clears throat> put it in that pot, put it on there, and we turned the oven off, but we stuck that pot in the oven after it was turned off. And when my mom just uh, came and we said, we turned the oven off, Mom, she got that. She said, what, what is going, what's going on with this thing? opened it up and there was a rubber chicken in there. That plan didn't go like Doug and I thought. <laughs> she introduced us to the Board of Education. <laughs> Some of you had boards like that growing up. You know, there's a big difference between a rubber chicken and a pot. And a pot luck dinner with that slow-cooked ham for all of the guests. This palm 
could have only ever been a rubber chicken. But Jesus Christ, wanting to be sure that you and I, full of guilt, could stand at the judgment seat, And when we stood there, we could come in and he would send us into the fields of harvest. Jesus wouldn't be our utility. Some are still angry about that. But instead, he became our totality. And the good news of the gospel on this Palm Sunday is there's not a soul at Trinity or any place in the world that if they come to Jesus will find any of the judgment but in glorious grace we rise truly truly I say to you I'm quoting Revelation 321 the one who sits down with me in my throne will overcome just as I sat down with my father in his throne and through the invitation of Jesus, you and I today can be the people who rise with him. He put death to death. That just sounds morbid, doesn't it? That can hardly be the title of a sermon that he put death to death. Keith Green sang it in a song. But I'm going to give you the RSV version of the Bible today. He took people like you and me standing ankle deep in the broken jars of life. Guilty as guilty could be. And he made a trade. Our unrighteousness for his righteousness so that we could rise with him. The power of death today in the mighty name of Jesus as we enter Holy Week is dead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.